This is Father Drew Curry from Most Precious Blood Parish in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And Father Matthew Coonan, St. Therese and St. Henry Parishes here also in Fort Wayne with you to open up the Sunday Word on this second Sunday of Lent, continuing in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9 now, jumping forward, verses 2 through 10. Father Drew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last week we were in the desert. Now we're on the mountain. Amen. Lows and highs. Lows and highs. So is life. <laughs> it's like a roller coaster. So why the mountain? What's going on in the mountain? Well, um, you know, mountains are symbolic of many things, but spiritually mountains are symbolic of the manifestation of God or theophanies. Or, theophanies, yeah. Yeah. Because so I mean, we think, have, think Mount Sinai. Obviously, we got Moses, right? So Moses is here. Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments given. Yeah. The mount, mount, yeah, so like, I mean, yeah, so the mountains, I mean, they stretch towards the heavens, you know, so the, the mountain is the place of the encounter with God. And so like Moses, he encountered the Lord in a very terrific way on the mountain. And then it's there that he gets the Ten Commandments, which is like the peak of how to be alive. Mm -hmm. And then Mount Horeb for Elijah, right? I think that's yes. the right mountain. Yes. And then, yep. um, yes, Elijah. And, and Mount Carmel. Both yeah. of them. So Elijah, he uh, he goes up into the cave and he has a profound experience of God in silence or the tiny whispering the small sound. whispering voice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. where Moses had like a terrific experience of God on the mountain, Elijah experienced God in a very subtle, quiet way. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty awesome then in our gospel today that as Jesus is on Mount Tabor appearing dazzling white in all of his holiness and divinity, and he is shining before Peter, James, and John, that appearing with him are these two prophets from the Old Testament who had experiences of God on the mountain, um, that being Moses and Elijah. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of wild, too, if we try to use our imagination just of how we love to, like, meet amazing people that mm. we just, like, revere and respect. So, I mean, <laughs> there's nobody bigger than Moses for the history of salvation for the Jewish people, yeah. right? So, I mean, yeah. and he really was even the prophet, and they say par excellence, you know, like, yeah. he, he's the epitome of what it means to be a prophet. And when you have Elijah there also, but Moses was the was the one. Yeah. And so to have both Elijah and Moses there, I mean, if you think about that for the apostles, Peter, James, and John, just, yeah. oh my gosh, like, that was like just earth shattering that 
yeah. moment of being in their presence. But the point is this, is that they were great because of who they prepared the way for, whom they spoke of in their words, in their role in history of salvation to prepare for the coming of the Christ. And little did Peter, James, and John realize that now they were having an experience of the Lord on the mountain. Yeah. And so oh, now, yeah, yeah. Not, not only are they like, oh my gosh, Moses and Elijah are appearing with Jesus. This is amazing. But they're- Because they had experiences on the mountain. Yeah. yeah well, now you're and now it, you, Yeah. And, and so- Your turn. Yeah. So they would become great all over the earth. Yeah. And so then the Lord's voice that comes out that we heard, uh, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And so he's the one to listen to. So, hey, Elijah's got something. Moses got, no, my son. So mm. Jesus being placed here in yeah. the forefront. I, I was reading this one commentary too just from one of the fathers of the church in the ancient Christian commentary. And it was mentioning that uh, this petition by Peter to say, hey, like, hey, give us, give us three tents. Let's make three tents. And the commentary was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like all three of these guys are the same. Like, let's get them three oh. equal tents. Like, like, no, no, no. I'm like, you need one tent for the son. Cause it's all wow. about, it's all about him. You know? Okay. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting too. Just so the emphasis of like here on the mountain, manifestation of the Lord, a theophany, one who supersedes the roles of Moses and Elijah because they were preparing for him and then for the disciples then to encounter him and to have their own theophany. Um, And so, yeah, we were speaking about just talking about how the Lord wants us then to encounter him as well, to have our own experience, mountaintop experience, some experience. um, And specifically, we've mentioned before the Eucharist and we're going to talk about that again because the bread miracles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, And that's one of the thing is, is that the Hebrew people... I'm, I got to talk into the microphone. Talk into the microphone, I, I knew, man. I knew, I, I he knew always you were like, thinking you when turn I was your looking head. out this window. Stop okay. turning your head. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to close the window. <laughs> okay, so uh, the Hebrew people believed that when the Messiah comes, he would do a great bread miracle because... And he did. And he did. Because they... <laughs> a couple because times. Because Moses in the desert did had the bread miracle. The manna in the desert, all 40 years in the desert... So real quick, yeah, so Moses and Elijah are both associated not only with encountering the Lord on the mountain, but also with bread miracles in a sense. So you have Moses Moses in the desert and Elijah where um, this lady had like just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And Elijah said, I need you to make me bread. And she didn't want to. But she did. I'm going to make it for just me and my son, then we're going to die. (laughs) Yeah, because we have nothing else and we're poor. But she made a great act of faith and made him some bread. And the Lord blessed her with enough oil and flour to last like a year. So, So bread, free bread for a whole year. So it's pretty awesome too then that, that uh, Jesus did bread miracles, the multiplication of the loaves. But primarily then the idea is that we're not only we're called to have mountaintop experiences of Jesus, and we got to crash all this together right now. Yeah, <laughs> we got, we're called to have mountaintop experiences of Jesus, and we get to do that in the mystical bread in the yeah, Eucharist. In the Eucharist, yeah, the greatest bread miracle, which yeah. is not his multiplication of the loaves; it's the presence of Jesus throughout the world in the in the hosts throughout the Catholic churches of the world. Yeah. And the church, of course, as we know, says that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian faith. So source, uh, the fount from which we receive grace, uh, and as well, the summit, the high point, the mountaintop, (laughs) where we should order our lives. And so to have the Lord Jesus be that source and summit for us, just recognize his pride of place, especially in the Eucharist. You know, I was 
uh, a simple thing to, to kind of tell, I think, our faithful, just regards prayer. So prayer is one of our Lenten practices. And I remember listening to a talk by Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and he was giving it to priests and religious. And he said, tell me one resolution that you had from your many retreats that you've gone on. What was one resolution that was like life-changing? And, you know, maybe each of us, me and you, Padre, we could think of like a couple things here and there in different retreats that stood out and like helped me with Lectio Divina or helped me with this or that. Um, and he said, you probably can't come up, Fulton Sheen said, you probably can't come with come up with many resolutions. Let the resolution from this retreat be that you will do a holy hour every day. And he said that like 5,000 times in his <laughs> talk to like just reinforce it yeah. for the priests and religious to do a holy hour a day. And I've always stuck with that um, since being a seminarian. I think it's very important for we priests to spend a whole hour a day. I think you yeah. agree with that. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. For our lay faithful though, um, that might be difficult giving your family responsibilities, but I do uh, recommend to people to do a holy hour a week, one yeah. a week to go before the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and so let that be maybe a resolution that you start here in Lent if you're not already doing it to spend one hour a week with the Lord in prayer at your church or a neighboring church or a adoration chapel. Uh, make that be a commitment that you do. It would bear great fruit in your life. I've had so many people give testimonies uh, to the difference that the Lord has been able to do in their heart and their lives when they began to do a holy hour a week. Yeah, exactly. That's in, in a lot of ways, that's where the renewal of the church is going to come. and That's where the vocations are going to come, whether they be priesthood, religious, or, or the holy married life. It's going to come when people just go before the Lord to love Jesus, but also just to make a great act of faith that it's Him that provides. All we need to do is just come and make an act of trust. Yeah, amen. So may the Lord especially help you to grow in your faith in the Lord's presence, especially in the most holy Eucharist. Uh, and may He help you with that commitment to spend more time before Him. May God bless you all.